believe that wherever there is expectancy and a genuine desire to seek God, God does not disappoint and he's faithful to his people. And it's so beautiful to see what God is doing in the midst of this generation. Like, as I got here, I told Elaine, Elaine, lift up your hand over there. I looked through the window and I was like, Elaine, I feel older. These kids make me feel old. I thought that I was like one of them, you know, but years pass by and, and you're not that young, um, but then you're not that old. Um, but I'm so happy to be part of what God is doing in the Latino community, not only here in Central Florida, but as well throughout the entire state, the entire nations of the world. As Jonathan said, um, my, uh, my name is Ezra and I work at Southeastern University. So anyone heard about Southeastern University? Yeah, I have the, the honor and the privilege of working there for um, a couple of years right now. I work with the Hispanic community as well. Um, I help to produce every chapel that we do. Um, and it's so great when we get to come to places like this. I get to travel through all Latin America and, and go to churches and go to countries and nations, seeing what God is stirring up in the Latino community. And, and sometimes we, we forget, you know, we're here, we're kind of exiles. Our, our parents came here and uh, we're probably second, third generations of Hispanics, Latino, but what God is doing back at our home countries is something great and unique. And I believe that it's not a coincidence that God has brought you to this nation, to your city, to be an agent of change, of transformation to the people around you. God needs you. God wants to use you right now. He wants to do something in your life. And I, I love, again, as I said, seeing people like you, young people that are just so hungry for God, ready to receive everything that he has for you. Because those are the people that God is looking for. People that are willing, people that are able, people that say, God, I might not, you know, be perfect. I might have my situations, my circumstances, my profile probably is not the best. Yet I believe that you can use my life and make something out of it. And I, I feel it in this morning that literally there's people that probably ask themselves, I don't know why I'm in this conference. It probably doesn't make sense. Probably my youth pastor, my leader just told me, just come. I'm not even a leader. But I believe with all my heart that God has a calling for your life. You know it or not, God has a calling for your life. And I feel in my spirit that in this morning, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to some of you. Number one, to remind you about the calling that he already deposited within you. Many people need to be reminded of what God already spoken into your life. But I feel that other people are just confused. God, I don't know if you have something for me. I don't know if I made the list. I don't know, God, if I'm good enough. I'm here to tell you that, yes, God wants to do something in your life. He's going to use you. He's going to transform you. And I don't care what men, what your family, what your friends, what your leaders said about you. We serve a God, a God that redeems and he's able to do more than what we expect, more than we can imagine. That's the God that we serve. Amen? 
Amen, amen, amen. This morning, I want to drop words of wisdom. Feel that God wants to speak a, a very specific word. And, and I want you to close your eyes wherever you're at. And as you posture yourself in a, in a place to receive, I pray that Holy Spirit in this morning speak to your heart. I don't know if you came tired. I don't know if you came feeling uneasy, anxious, depressed. I don't know how you're feeling this morning. And honestly, I don't care either because I know that God is here and he's able to make however you feel transform that and bring purpose in this morning. So I want you to give everything within you right now. Put it before, before Jesus. And ask God your specific question. I believe in a God that speaks and that is able to minister to your specific circumstance. So go ahead and be bold and ask God, God, I want you in this morning, I want you today to speak in this area of my life. Because I believe that God will. When we approach God with a, an aggressive faith, what happened? God does not disappoint. He comes and he answers. So right there, just a second between you and God, just be honest. And ask God do uh, what I call a, a divine demand. God, this is what I want heaven to do with my life today. Dear Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you because just being here is not a coincidence, God, but it's part of your perfect and good plan for our lives. Thank you, God. Thank you, because I know that in this morning you will speak life and purpose to every single person in this place. God, I rebuke the thoughts of the enemies that might be surrounding any minds, God, in this morning. We take those thought captives into obedience of Jesus Christ, and we just declare that your word, God, your word, your word, will permeate our life, our minds, our spirit, God, and that we'll respond faithfully to the calling, God, that you're making us in this morning. We put everything before you, and we position ourselves to receive everything that you have for us. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. amen. So I'm ready. <laughs> you know, I feel really happy because even though I work in Southeastern and there's a lot of Hispanic people the reality is that most, most of my time, I'm surrounded by white people. So I always feel like a minority. I always feel like out of place. But you guys are doing worship. I see so many Hispanic friends. I'm like, I, I miss this so much. I love it. Uh, it's so good to be in places where you can feel like in familia. You can feel that, that probably after conference, there's arroz con gandules somewhere. Ooh. Where are my Puerto Rican people at? Any Dominicans? Ooh, they're there, they're there. Um, yeah, I'm not going to mention every nationality, so <laughs> that's it. Um, but I am so happy to be here uh, in this morning. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to go to the book of Psalms, chapter 78, 
verse 72. Psalm 78, verse 72. We are in a youth leaders conference. I'm talking about leadership in this morning. Psalm 78, 72, the word of God says, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands, he led them. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands, he led them. This is the challenge that we face as young leaders, as Christians. We have many people in our churches, many people in our community that either, you're going to relate, or either they are very talented, so gifted, and, and they're like, oh, my God, that, that kid, that girl's a prodigy. They sing like Pavarotti. They sing like, they're just like something else. They're great in their gifting. No more than that. But then we have the other people, and I know a lot of people that they're always praying. They're always in the spirit, but it's almost like they're in the cloud. Like, do you do, like, can you go ahead and preach? No, I'm here praying. I'm feeling the presence of the Lord. And you have people that have such good intentions. They have a great heart, yet they're not doing nothing. So it's almost like a battle in between how can, can how, like, what kind of people are leading us or what kind of leader can I be? Someone that is just, you know, with a good heart, good intention, have a good vision. Someone that knows what God wants for my life, yet I don't know to do anything because I'm not being proactive or I'm being too passive. Or I feel that I'm so talented, so gifted that I can sing, that I can preach, that I can do so many things, yet my heart is in the wrong place. In moments like that... You know, that's the reality. You know, like, in moments like that, what do we do? And I just love this verse because brings the reality of a man known like someone that what? David was a man before God's heart. David was friend of God. David was not perfect by any means. My boy, David was doing things that he was not supposed to. But he repented. And he failed again and he repented. But he was never passive. He always was seeking God's face in the morning. He was like, God, I don't have it all but clean my, my, my heart. And it was that profile of a person, someone that made mistake that was not perfect but continuously what? Asked for forgiveness, for repentance. And was like, God, what do you want to do in my life that made him be a man before God's eye. And this man, the first king of Israel, what happened with this, with this, second king, sorry. Second king, Mr. David was someone that shepherd, the Bible said, with what? Integrity of heart, but as well with what? With skillful hand. My, my boy David had good intentions, but as well he was prepared to do what God call him to do. God is looking for people that are able to lead that way. You want to be a leader? You want to assume the responsibility? I think there's a challenge. You know, God needs your gifting. I think that he gave you a unique gifting. But as well, there's character that needs to be developed 
There's something that needs to start, you know, like working in your heart in order for you to be a leader, someone that can change a nation and make the difference. I, I, I constantly realize that our generation most likely is not looking for another pastor or even another leader. They're not looking for another prophet or evangelist. They're looking people that are genuine and right and raw, people that are able to do life with each other, but with character, using their unique design, their unique gifting for the kingdom of God. Have you ever seen people that are like, oh, God, call me to be a pastor. Ooh. God, call me to be an evangelist. I'm, as I told, I'm not that old, but I'm not that young. And I've seen so many people. And this, this is what I love, having moments like this when I can talk to young people. Because God can, can literally speak life and purpose. But it, there, there needs to be something more. Because you know how many people I've seen that, oh, God, call me once. Oh, God, deposit a calling, a pastoral, or like you were a missionary, like, like something powerful. Year passes by, and what happened? There are 50, 60 years old, and what happened with the word of God? Nothing happened. Because it's more than what God deposits in you. It requires responsibility. It requires literally commitment. So if we are unaware if we are people that are unaware of the responsibility of our calling, what's going to happen? We're going to fail. We're going to feel frustrated. It was like, oh, I'm not called to be a leader. Yes, probably you were, but your heart, your intentions, your character was not in the right place. And I believe that in this morning, God wants to see something different. He wants to make sure that this generation raises what? With character, with dignity, with integrity of heart. People can stand faithful before God as well use their unique gifting without comparison. Without saying, I'm better than this other person. Without saying, I am less than the other person. Because when comparison comes into our leadership, there's another story. We're trying to be like someone else. We're trying to do, so, and we're always going to keep failing. Why? Because you're not doing what God called you to do. If you would have just stayed in your lane, if you would have just stayed in your lane and keep walking in God's assignment for your life, it's something unique, something unique. You know what happened when you start running someone else race? You're putting responsibilities and you're putting challenges that you were not called to face. That's why you're always frustrated. But I believe that if you remain in your lane, yeah, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be moments that are tough. But the Holy Spirit, the one who called you, will empower you to what? To succeed and to do his good work. I believe that God wants to raise a generation that is able to have the right heart and excel in the gifting that they have given them. And I want to make sure, this is my goal this morning, I want to make sure that your talent doesn't take you to a place where your character cannot sustain you. Hear that again. That your talent, that your gifting doesn't take you to a place where your character cannot sustain you. Love the, the story of David, how God called David. And you probably know the story. My boy is in the secret, you know, like he's in, 
probably in the, I don't even know, so La Granja, he, he is. <laughs> Pablo doing his thing in the field, you know, he's with the sheep and um, he has all his older brothers, you know, getting ready for war, like doing everything. And God speaks to the prophet and say, hey, go to this guy's house because I'm about to anoint and call the new king of Israel. Happens that the prophet, he came and he's like, where are your kids? Where are your children? And all the children just come to the front and oh, this is strong. Ooh, they might, no. This one has abs, no. This one has that, you know, long hair, like, no. This one is just like intellectual. He knows everything. No. This, and he probably went, oh my God. No. There was a moment that, that God spoke to the prophet and said, you probably heard this a lot of time, but you need to be reminded of, is that God told to the prophet, hey, you know what? I'm not looking for what is attractive before men's eyes. Like people or men look for appearance. I'm after the heart. And it's like, what? You're after what? The heart. And what happened in the secret place, there was my boy David, and they called him. He's probably smelled like poop. And he's like there, like, he's like, hey, I'm not ready. You know, they got him. He was not ready. <laughs> you got it. You got it, right? And he was not ready, but his heart was ready. And God called him in this moment. I just love that scenario because probably is what God is trying to do with you. Don't try to put yourself in the front line, in the spotlight, looking for attention. Don't try to show off your gifting. Don't try to just make yourself the mighty man and woman of God. Just... Be yourself. Hide yourself in the secret place. Because there you will be killing lions and bears and probably dogs. And who knows what he was killing squirrels. But in that moment, what God was what? Preparing his heart for what's to come. And humility. And in that secret place, God pulled him out in the right moment and positioned him to what? To his assignment. Oh, I want to be a youth leader. I want to be a... Go to the secret place. I want God to use me. Go to the secret place. But if I go to the secret place, the pastor would know that I pray for 27 hours. It's not even a thing. You know, like I just fast for 50 days. Not even Moses. People need to know. No. No one needs to know. You need to be in the secret place allowing God to work in your life so that in the perfect timing, he will say, hey, you're ready now. You're ready. Come out and do what I called you to do. We need to go to the secret place. We need to go to the secret place. I want to bring this reality. When we lead out of our talents, some wisdom here. When we lead out of our talents, we create opportunities. Opportunities are not bad, but opportunities are focused on what people do. Okay? So when we just focus as leaders on people's talents and we're like, oh, I like this person. Let me bring you into leadership. Let me just give them platform because they're good. Or let me just promote them because they're, you know, gifted. 
a mentality of leadership that only focus on talents is, some, is, is a leadership that only will open opportunities. The other side, when you have a leadership that instead of looking for talents is looking for the heart, it will provide investment. Because investment is looking what? To build who they are. So this is the problem that we're having. Our ministry, the way that we lead many times is focused on what people do and not on who people are. And I wonder when it comes to our relationship with God, when you got saved, when God redeemed your soul, it was not because of the many talents that you have. He didn't want to build a relationship based on opportunities. Yeah, he opens opportunity. He opens doors for you. But he wanted to invest in your life by pointing the Holy Spirit. By having a relationship with you, God as a father is in the business of what? Investing in your life. So you want to be a great leader. Probably it requires a change of mindset of probably not focusing so much on talents or giftings. Because it will give your you, the people around you, the wrong impression that they will be accepted or they are good because of what they do. You know how many talented people I know, musicians, singers, preachers, that they are like so loved. They're all like, yeah. And at the end of the day, I see them crying because they realize that people like them because of the things that they do and not because of who they are. Are people liking you because of what you do or because of who you are? And it's a tough transition. It's something that I, I personally went through. I just remember just, just being this person and even with girlfriends and even in relationships that I had. Most of the people that were in my life, they just liked me because of God's calling over me. Because God's anointing over me. Because I was able to preach. Because I was able to do this and another thing. But when it came the moment of truth, when it came the moment of darkness in my life, the moment that you're not you know, in the spotlight, but you're crying, you're like, ah, you know, who stay in the moment? No one. Because I realized that people were liking me because of what? They were liking me because of the things that I was doing, not because of who I was. So make sure that the people around you are loving you with the right intentions. That your relationship are not based of what? Of just like, oh, let's just do this. No, let's be this. Let's be this. This is the problem. A generation that is just focused on talents or giftings. And they have literally unfocused themselves from who people are. Again, I, I, I want to sound repetitive because I really want this to be ingrained in your, in your mind. If you don't remember anything this morning, just remember that, hey, God is looking for people that can love people. Not because of what they do, but because of what? Who they are. The verse says, and David shepherd them with integrity of heart. What's integrity of heart? Integrity is something that is whole, is completed, is undivided. We want to be able to lead with what? With a complete heart, undivided heart. But our heart has issues. Our heart sometimes goes through things. 
And I think that in this morning, God wants to treat with those things that are in your heart because he wants you to lead. He wants you to accomplish the calling that he has given you. He, want, he, he has plans of good for you. God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's not against you. He wants you to be emotionally stable. Someone that his heart is what? Undivided. But you know what? I love, look what the Bible says. Deuteronomy 8, 2 says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way into the wilderness. Where? Into the wilderness. This 40 years, but look what was the reason why God took them into the wilderness. To humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you will keep his commandments. To humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you will keep his commandment. Our hearts will be tested. God will take you into the wilderness. Probably you're asking, why is not my time yet? Why I'm not like preaching when I'm like a great leader? Oh, like why no one knows me? Because probably you are in the wilderness and that's okay. Because if you want to be a successful leader, your heart needs to be what? Tested. Needs to be tested. And we just want to skip processes. We don't like to go through processes. We just want to skip here and jump there. And we just like want to do our thing without allowing God to teach us what? Humility and testing our intentions and our motives. And God will take you to hard moments. And probably will not be a day, will be seasons of your life to see at the end of the day if you will have what it takes and if you will be obedient unconditionally to what God called you to do. You know what happened? Because whenever the moment comes that you're, oh, I have God's calling over my life. I'm ready to preach the nation. And suddenly something happened in your family. Ooh, I'm destroyed. I can't no more. God, I cannot handle that. It's funny, but yeah, it happens. People that cannot handle the pressure of life because they're not putting their trust in God. And God wants to test your heart. You want to make sure that you're in ministry with the right intentions. Why do you want to lead? Why do you want to be a leader? Leading requires responsibility and includes a cost that you need to count. We need to count the cost of leadership. And I think that failure in leadership comes from what? From people just jumping into it without realizing the sacrifice, the obedience, the process, the things that it will demand from you. Like not everyone is called to be what you think is a leader. Yes, I believe that everyone is called to lead in different areas of life. God called you. But it needs what? It requires responsibility. So it's like I just hate when people, everyone is a leader. Every, no. No. Are you paying the price? Are you counting the cost? Are you really paying, you know, being obedient? It's just like, like this concept that just doing something gives you the authority of just being a leader. No. No. It takes time. It's a process. Don't skip the process. God wants to do it. It's not that he doesn't want you to be a leader. He wants you, but you need to be tested. 
You need to be tested and you need to understand that suffering will come and things that are probably not perfect you're going to face and so many other things. But when you can remain faithful through all those processes, when you can say, God, I don't care what I see. I decide to remain faithful. What happened? God honors you and God promotes you and God opens another door and you see how God literally starts making your path straight and God start literally doing so many incredible things in your life I don't see God doing anything in my life why because you're probably not enduring I think this is one of the biggest strategies that we have in, in church in ministry people carrying ministry and callings that were never assigned to them And you know why that happens? Because people that claim themselves to be leaders were too quickly, were too fast to say, this is what God wants for you. We have so many people, and you're a pastor, you're an evangelist, you're like, and what happens? We have for years, poor kids, poor young, you know, like, like creatures, literally walking through their life thinking that God called them for something that they were never called. Then they are just living in failure and frustration and depression because because a man and God uses man don't get me wrong but because most of their calling was was based on what on what a man said to their life you need to make sure that yes you will receive a prophecy like God but I believe that God has the capacity to speak into your life and saying hey I want to do this in your life Don't carry a calling that is not yours. And if you think you're calling, like, God, can you please really, really, you know, let me know if this is what you want to do in my life. Why? Because it sounds funny, but you will save so much time and effort and situation if you know that you were called for something specific rather than doing so many things and feel frustrated at the end. You need to make sure that your calling has come from God. And if you are a leader, you need to be mindful of what you're saying to the people around you. Don't put them bags for a journey that was never theirs. Don't do that. That's dangerous. You don't want to have 10, 15 years from now, a complete generation what, just feeling frustrated. <sighs> it, it sucks, but we, we, we are eternal, but we are not eternal in this earth. So we know that our time is limited and we want to make sure that every second counts and everything that God has for us works. Make sure that God is that make sure that God is calling you and not men. Make sure that God is calling you and not your pride. Make sure that God is calling you and not your need for acceptance. Make sure that God is calling you and not because the cool thing to do. We need to encounter God and hear from his voice. His calling. Like the fact that ministry or leadership sounds cool, you know, it, it, that's not a calling. The fact that you probably need us, and I know so many people that I just need us, feel accepted. I just want to, you know, experience something. What happened? They literally start like, you know, I, I, I start doing this with the wrong intentions. Make sure, make sure that God is the one who's calling you. 
Bible says in Peter 5, 6, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Do not skip the process. Do not skip the process. When you humble yourself, when you live a life of humility, what happens? God literally, in the perfect timing, not your timing, not your pastor's time, not anyone's time, in God's perfect timing, he will exalt you and he will position you in the right place. But we have to make sure that we're not skipping the process. That's what pride does. You know, pride says, I deserve it now. I don't need to wait. I want it now. So let's make sure that we're not a prideful generation that is just requesting for God to do things now that we deserve, that we are worthy, and that we want without wanting to go through the process that God wants for our life. Joseph waited 13 years to see a fulfilled dream. Abraham waited 25 years to see his son. Moses waited 40 years to see deliverance of his people. Jesus waited 30 years to start his ministry. You might need to wait a little longer. And it's okay because when your time comes, you're going to experience the fullness of the purpose of God over your life. Learn how to count the cost. Be humble during the process. We need to learn how to be humble. Why? Because pride makes us feel that we can do things by your strength. We got this. Humility. You know what humility does? I can't. I depend on God. We want to be a generation that leads the future generations, this generation, and everything from God's kingdom. Hey, we need to depend on God. When we rely on our strength, we just make disasters. And not of disaster. Let's live in the fullness of the purpose of God by being humble and say, God, I need you. I need your guidance. Real quick, I want to talk about three ways that we need to lead. Let's lead out of faith. We need to be a generation that leads out of faith. I believe, take the risk. God needs leaders that can lead, you know, thinking and believing that God will, like Abraham, like he heard the voice of God, said, I'll take you to a place, I will, do, I will take you to this place, I will do this. Abraham said, let's do it. He became the father of faith. If you want to be a leader, hey, it's going to take risk. It's going to take for you to do things that did not make sense. It will take a journey again. But God is looking for people that can believe that for him, there's nothing impossible. Lead out of care and love. Get down and dirty with people. Again, it's not, it's not about entitlement. It's about relationship. God is looking for people that can be leaders out of the platform. That they can minister the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit outside of a microphone. People that can relate to others, cry with others in their pain and their suffering. Don't be unrelatable. God is looking normal people. Yes, you can be normal, genuine, raw. You can be you and you can be a great leader. Do not compare yourself or put yourself in a box. Don't do that. Do it like Jesus. He was a friend of sinners. He was not a friend of sin, but he was a friend of sinners. You need to love. Make sure that when you're leading, you do it out of love. Why? Because what the Bible says, hey, you can prophesy. You can do, you know, deliverance. You can do so many things. But if you do it out of love, it doesn't matter. 
lead with steady character. Mean your words. We need a generation that mean what they say. You know, I think with, with technology and so many things have taken the essence of the weight of the word. If we can find a generation that their yes is yes, that their no is no, that they can be committed and they can be people of their word, God will honor that. God will honor that. But there's so many people that are not meaning their words. There's so many people that are flaky, so many people that literally are saying things just because of saying so. And God is looking for people that are genuine, steady in character. Because that person, God said, if you can carry your own word with responsibility, I will entrust you my word. You want to be entrusted with God's word? Hey, be someone of character, mean your words. Be someone of endurance, do not quit. Do not create a moment, create a legacy. Just don't build everything for a moment of an experience. Know that might take longer, that you might suffer, but everything that you're doing, that you're paying, that, you, that, that you're sacrificing, hey, is building an eternal legacy for your children, for your city, for the nations of the world. Hey, you need accountability. You need people around you where you can confess your sin. People that can hold you accountable in your weaknesses. You cannot. We cannot do this by yourself. When we do things by ourselves, you know what happened. We just fail and then we don't know how to get back. But when we have people around us, hey, when you go down, you have someone that will lift you up. Mean what you say have endurance be someone that has accountability now i want to end with this last portion of the verse that talk about what the skillfulness of the hands people like no talents are bad no talents are not bad we all been gifted by god in so many ways we have natural gift we have spiritual gift bible says like you don't have any spiritual gift they just ask god to give you one Hey, God, I, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. God, I just want to prophesy. I want to speak in tongues. God, I want, I want to do this. And God is able to bless you with spiritual gift. But you need to seek it. You need to pursue it. Do not compare yourself or envy what God has deposited in someone else's life. Do not do that because God is ready here to give everything to you. Everything from heaven to you. You just need to ask now. You need faith to believe that God will give those gifts. And if you have those gifts, you need to exercise them with faith. Our gifts are like muscles. We don't use them. What's going to happen? They're not going to work. But you know what is the purpose of our gifts? If to serve others and glorify God is not to build yourself, is not to build your ministry, is not to build your leadership. The purpose of your gift is to serve others and exalt, glorify God. God is looking for a spirit of excellence. God is looking for people that are not crappy, people that are responsible. Hey. We need to be people of excellence. I'm just tired of listening. Of like, oh no, Hispanics are just ratchet. Hispanics just go with the flow. I believe that we are able to lead with a spirit of excellence. 
people that can lead with responsibility, be on time. I think that those things we've just been hearing, oh, as Latino, it's just impossible. I believe that the Holy Spirit is redeeming our generation for the things that he wants to do. I see a generation that is raising up in the power of the Holy Spirit. And they're like Daniel, wherever they put their ten times better. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is among them. You need the Holy Spirit either way. With your talents or without your talents, you need it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit empowers you. Holy Spirit empowers you to do His work. You can be called to ministry. You can do great things and nice things. But if the presence of the Holy Spirit is not over your life, hey, you're going to get tired. It's not going to last. The Bible says that if the axe loses edge, it needs what? More strength to accomplish something. Let me finish with this. Let's say that in that corner of the platform is God's calling for your life. Say that I'm here and there in between there's a forest. Let's imagine there's a forest and I have an axe. If the axe doesn't have the right edge, it's not like, like get what's going to happen. It's going to take me time. It's going to take longer. It will require all my strength. But you know what the Holy Spirit does? He anoints the axe so that in one shot, what a natural world will take you 10 years in a moment, in the instant, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can have access to it. You can have access, but we need, you want to see miracles, you want to see wonders, you want to see signs, you want to see the fulfillment of God's promises of your life. Hey, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Go through, to go through, to go through, to go through, to go through. You need it, I need it, we all need it. We want to be leaders for this generation. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need an encounter from God. You know why? Because at the end of the day, we're just going to reflect and give to others what is within us. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit right now, what's going to happen? You're not able to transmit to this generation the Holy Spirit. But we all need it. We all need it. I believe that in this morning, God is coming someone. I believe in this morning that God is literally stirring up something among someone. I believe that the Holy Spirit is reminding you of what he has already spoken into your life. He's telling you, hey, hey, I want to use you. I want to do something great in your life. Just wait a little longer because I'm testing your heart. Endure, do not quit, persevere. It might take longer, but it be worth it. So do not be impatient right now. Do not be impatient right now. And believe that our God is not meant to lie or son of man to repent of what he promised for you. Close your eyes wherever you are. 
And again, have a moment of sincerity with God and say, God, I know you called me. I know, God, that you have a purpose for me. Let me count the cost, God. Let me count the cost, but I say, yes, send me. I say, yes, God, I'll do it. But I cannot in my own strength. It's not about my gifting. It's not about what I do, but it's about the heart that you are producing in me. And I believe in this morning that the power of the Holy Spirit is changing hearts. It's transforming hearts. Yeah, yeah, all my sin, what I did, God is changing you. All my emotional, my dear, God is changing you. He will do in your life what is need to be done in order that your heart can be in the right place to do what God has called you to do. Close your eyes and lift up your hand. Holy Spirit, I give you thanks for your children. In this moment, God, they assume the responsibility of the calling that you have put over them. I pray, God, that will not be a burden, but that will be a reminder. I pray, God, that they will know that you have not abandoned them. And that silence, God, is just a reminder that they're in midst of a process. God, I just pray that in this hour, that in this moment, they will know that it's your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit alone. The one that has the mighty power of transforming, of changing, God and positioning them where they need to be. Holy Spirit, we pray that your presence right now will come and touch every single person wherever they are. We don't need men. We need your presence. Right now, Holy Spirit, right now, Holy Spirit, touch their lives. In Jesus' name, come on, continue.